You are listening to the Way of Consciousness Radio Network programming to help you explore and rediscover and remember your inner divinity. This is a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure which could by its very nature set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua Jesus, but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us, which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God, and that the kingdom of God is within. OFJ Community is an all-inclusive community of spiritual seekers. We offer dialogue and studies for deep inner spiritual development and seminary courses for ordained ministry. If you feel called to be a part of OFJ Community or to receive our monthly newsletter, please send an email to ofjcommunity at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you information about membership in the various programs we offer. In these times of great change, OFJ Community's mission is to offer spiritual support friendship and direction to all. Now, to our program. This is the Way of Consciousness. Well, good afternoon. Uh, This is Linda Marie Nelson coming to you and welcoming you to the Way of Consciousness show. We're live here right now this Thursday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, here on Blog Talk Radio, the Way of Consciousness Radio Network. And we thank you for listening in, and we also thank all of our archived listeners who listen on demand later on. We really appreciate uh, your listening support. It means an awful lot to us. And we would love to hear from those of you who listen to the show. Um, We'd like your feedback. We would like your input as to what you might like to talk about. And we would like to have your interest Uh, if you choose to have any, in some of the courses we're going to uh, offer. Our email address is ofjcommunity at gmail.com. And we're going to be offering here, probably starting in about 10 days, a course on the Aramaic understanding of the uh, culture and the society and the uh, the times in which uh, Christ walked the earth and taught his wonderful message, a message which we, at the Order of the Friends of Yeshua Community, seek to work each day to embody, embody the message of Christ as he modeled for us. So um, we would love to share that that uh, study with you um it's it's going to be very interesting um when we learn to understand the message within the context of of the cultural and social and political uh times and the language and how the language function um functioned in those days um it really gives us a much better way to understand scripture so uh if you're interested in that please give us an email at ofjcommunity at gmail dot com. We've got lots of new things coming up in OFJ, and we're really excited about it. And today, I'm being joined by my fabulous co-host, Lee Allen Peterson, out of the great state of Texas, which is in dire need of brain. So we ask you all to imagine that Lee is standing out there in the mud, and the rain is coming down, and he is eternally grateful for it. So. We are praying and visioning rain in the great state of Texas, and we also have, from the great state of Nebraska, um, Michael Sherbert. So welcome, gentlemen, to the show. God's blessings. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, uh, I almost missed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you're here, Lee and, well, I, and Michael. I, I, was expecting, I was expecting a phone call. <laughs> Oh. I got confused between our show and our OFJ call. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you got that all cleared up. 
Yes, I uh, I did. Hey, listen, I I really appreciated you guys holding down the fort, as it were, last week while I was on retreat in Kennebunkport, Maine. Um, It was an incredible retreat at the Franciscan uh, Retreat House and Monastery in Kennebunkport. And if you go on my Facebook page, you will see lots of pictures of... um, uh, Kenny Bunkport, and if you go on Reverend Dr. Nancy Ash's page, um, you will see an enormous amount of photographs of the grounds and the monastery and uh, the sights and sounds of Kenny Bunkport uh, as taken by her husband, Jonathan uh, Ash, who just did an awesome job on the photographs. So I, I, uh, I was just so proud to be one of the co-facilitators along with Reverend Dr. Sherry Gustafson to do a, a doctoral conferring ceremony, uh, which was lovely. We sort of folded it into a Tizay experience, which was quite lovely. And we had um, a wonderful musician from Nashville, Mr. Bob, Bob Teague, who came and uh, played magnificent guitar for us live. So it was pretty special. It sounds oh, like Sorry, it. we missed it. It was really, really special. So... Uh, I feel so blessed to have been a part of that. We had a lovely Sunday service um, on on September 11th where we did a, a, a celebration of the life of one of the founders of the Alliance of Divine Love, Reverend Dr. Barbara Hanshaw. And then we did, uh, uh, Reverend Joseph Bogucki did a beautiful uh, ceremony and talk about um, September 11th commemorating that event and putting it into the right perspective as far as our metaphysical metaphysical and spiritual understanding of the transitioning process of how life changes and uh, which was just just beautiful and so uh, there's lots of music and um, lots of joy and uh, lots of blessings and um, I'm just glad to be back to the radio show welcome back well, yeah, we're glad, glad we could. Uh, yeah, we, we held we the floor down. I I think we were encouraging and inspirational, but uh, I listened to the we're show. Glad it was back. wonderful. Thank you, thank you so much, and it was wonderful. I listened to your show, and you guys did an awesome job. And I love the topic of desire because we've been so misled to think it's so oh, it's bad to have desires, and. Um, and you know, and the desires of, of of deep in our hearts that sometimes we're afraid to even uh, entertain those those feelings that we have, and and yet God places them within our hearts. So, and there are many uh, teachers out there who don't have that perspective. So, it's very confusing uh, for for those of us who are on the spiritual path in our discerning process to really understand. Um, the the uh, concept of desire. So I thought you guys did a great job at introducing the whole concept and uh, and talk about it. So I'd like to also mention in this moment before we begin the continuation of that discussion to ask those of you who might be listening live to please call in and and ask your questions or make a comment. Uh, we would love to we would just love to have you uh join this discussion. The number here in our studio is area code three four seven two three seven five six two five so Bishop Lee, where would you like to uh resume uh, this discussion? Well, actually, I was incorrect when talking to Father Michael earlier. Uh, we're on page 47, not page 49. Okay. All righty. And we're All talking right. about releasing the judgment of desire. So. Well, I think this is a perfect uh, place to start. <laughs> yeah, since that's what you were talking about. Exactly. And, and, that, <laughs> and that's exactly right. So, But first, let, let's just sit back for a second. <laughs> and try to center ourselves. Take a deep breath in and out. Just relax the neck and the shoulders and the arms, the thighs and the calves, the feet. 
And let's just pay attention to our breath for just a second. As we breathe in and out. And so we begin our talk uh, with a little with a little exercise, and this is a simple practice that we can do at the uh, when we wake up every morning. Okay. And we when when we wake up every morning and we get out of bed and we become awake, the first thing you want to do is ask yourself the question. What do I want to do right now? And if we pay attention, we'll hear the mind saying saying something. Sometimes it might say, well, I'm just too busy to know what I want. I have to go off to work. I have to see everybody else. I'm here to satisfy the world. I have no time to ask myself what I want. And, you know, that's really a situation that a lot of people find themselves in. They are too busy for themselves. And when we become too busy for ourselves, we we will notice in this course of study, we are uh, being too busy for God. Because... As we learned last week, the only relationship that holds any value at all is your relationship to God. That is your eternal relationship. And it's more important than your work relationship and and even your family relationship. Everything will suffer. Everything will suffer if you do not Take time to nurture your relationship with the divine within you, who is you, after all. So when you're not taking time for God, you're not taking time for yourself. When you're not taking time for yourself, you're not taking time for God. So we have to remember also what we decree is. So when we get up and go, Gee, I don't have time for myself. Guess what? <laughs> exactly. You have just decreed that you don't have time for yourself. And that will manifest throughout the day and throughout your life. So what we need to do is just take a pause and simply ask ourselves, what do I want? And you might answer, oh, I want to take a hot shower. Those who have the book know that I'm missing, I'm letting something out, but I'm going to get back to it. You might want a glass of juice or water. You might want to sing. You might want to stretch and breathe. The point here is to notice that by asking the question, something will respond within you. See, at this point, what we're trying to do is get you to begin to look within yourself mm-hmm. and just notice the response. It doesn't matter what the response is. Just notice that there is a response and that there is a feeling associated with it, a quality associated with it. Mm-hmm. That is the energy. That is the elixir of life called desire so in this moment we're not asking you to uh, rise up and uh, and do something we're simply asking you to uh, observe what's going on and if I could stop you there for a moment uh, Lee with your permission I think that's a really important thing that we don't do we don't observe ourselves. We don't we don't take a moment to just be with our feelings and 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 feel our feelings. 
we're, we're going so quickly and, and going through the motions almost automatically that we're not even always conscious of what we're doing. We just push our feelings aside or, you know, we don't take a moment to be the observer and the observed. And I think that's really important if we're going to understand the origins and the meaning of desire. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly correct. <clears throat> we need to take time to observe ourselves and and to notice that uh you know where is that desire coming from? And to realize that that desire is coming from the depth of our being. And again, we want to remind you that the depth of your being sits right next to the face of God. Mm-hmm. Might it not be the case that by following the desire that wells up through your heart, by feeling it, by embracing it, you might learn and discover what the ocean is wishing to express through the wave that you are. So if you judge desire, might you not be shutting off the creative flow that the mind of God wishes to express? Absolutely. And isn't it interesting that here we are today sharing this text, and if it wasn't for our desire to share this revelation of love, we wouldn't be here. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Linda Marie, you want to take it from there? Sure. Be happy to. So, um So it's not necessary to to act the minute you realize you have a feeling or a desire, but simply to observe it. And um, if you're taking a hot shower and that thought comes to you and you emit that feeling that you want to take a shower, just be with that. Because desire comes from the depth of our being. And the depth of our being is where the divine presence, the infinite presence of God resides within each and every one of us. So by embracing it, we learn and and we discover, um, without judgment, we discover that these desires, these deep heart desires, are creatively flowing from the mind of God. And and what does that, how does that want to manifest within our own lives? And I love this little analogy. Um, The challenge is that we often tie the hose in a knot through our conflicted judgments. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we don't let it flow. We, we 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 feel something and we think, oh, wow, the, ju- the world would judge that bad. So we get all tied up in a knot and then we stop the flow of that creative source because we haven't taken the time to be with it, to understand it, to stay with that feeling and understand where, where does that come from. So we need to be honest with ourselves and, uh, for instance, how many times have we all thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to have money to be richer or have some wealth? I mean, we've heard it said over and over that, oh, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not true. We've been sold a, a, an untruth, uh, uh, the wrong bill of goods. Mm-hmm. Desire, money is not the root of all evil. It's greed. It's the energy and the emotion of greed and avarice. That's what the root of all evil is, to the exclusion of others. Money in and of itself is just a piece of paper or a piece of metal that we assign value (coughs) to. In and of itself, it has no energy. It's the meaning we attach to it. As we all know, I'm I'm working through this for many years. Many lifetimes of having been a Franciscan monk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh and having the, this vow of poverty and and 
feeling that that, you know, oh yes, money is materialism, materialism is terrible, we can't be materialistic. But actually that's always been an incorrect way of viewing the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because God wants us to give us the kingdom. What does that that's mean? That's right. And if, if if you're going, no, 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 no. The kingdom is bad, 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 bad. <laughs> Who told us that we can't be spiritual and have and have financial uh, security? Who said that? Well, I'm sure it's the people that wanted <laughs> the financial the security financial that we weren't security. going to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, we just we just have to look at the big institutional churches to see the wealth there. They yeah, don't seem to have right. a problem. They don't seem to have a problem with with prosperity and wealth. And Christ said he came to give us the abundance of all life. Not only this life, but the life of the kingdom which is now within us and among us. Absolutely. Absolutely, Father Michael. That, that, That couldn't be more true for me. And so... You know, it's man. We we you know we 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 get in our egos and we we want to covet and 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 have greed and avarice and that's the part of the idea of wealth that that is distasteful because those people who who hoard and you know they don't share. They're not willing to know that there's enough for everyone. And uh, they they kind of hoard the wealth and and to me that was what the scripture is talking about it's, yes. it's you know in aramaic uh the word for money got mistranslated it should have been greed greed is the root of all evil not not mm-hmm. the coins that you know we make right right so um you know you might have the feeling gosh i woke up this morning and i just i wonder what it would feel like to have Enough golden coins, so to speak, that I that I wouldn't have to worry. You know, but again, we get we get we 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 remember that those words that have been drummed into us about how oh money is the root of all evil, and so we just get busy and get unconscious and get on with it and work and feel resentment inside. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have any joy. And then when we get to work, we snap at people or we don't have any patience for for one another because we're believing someone else's idea of how we should live in this world instead of going within, having that most important relationship, like you said on your show last week, the most important relationship is the relationship we have with divine source, with God, with the yeah. Creator, with infinite intelligence, whatever language you know feels best to you. That's the yeah. number one most important, and and you know, seek ye first that, and all other things will be added unto you. Hallelujah! You know, Alleluia. and we don't believe it. We don't believe. We don't really believe it. The other thing is the fact that here we are, right now, at this moment, sharing a spiritual path. What has brought us to this spiritual path but desire? Exactly. Is not that the desire God-given and natural? And may I interject and say, is not spirituality as natural, flowing and free as nature's desire? Exactly. Absolutely. That's absolutely. So desire is not an evil thing. It is actually desire that links us to the will of God. It is actually desire that gets us to do anything that we do. And I like it where it says, I say unto you, you have one authority. And it is never held within the office of any church or any organization, or any individual. Well, except me, of course. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Your authority is the voice for God that dwells within your heart and within your mind. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, how many times have we been told by that very same authority that you cannot trust your feelings? Exactly. Yeah, Do not trust your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. Well, why right. will your feelings lie to me? Well, because right. your feelings are going to tell you what I'm telling you is wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but you here know, we're having... Go ahead. I, I was just thinking about, you know, it's so interesting as a female and having had children, you know, and, and this is difficult for men to understand because they don't have the experience of that. But I think, you know, we can all say that often women have a real deep ability for intuition, for that inner knowing. And I know for me, you know, you tend, when I've ever I've doubted that or ignored it or said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that, I'll look silly or whatever, I I have always, 100% of the time, regretted not listening to that still, small voice. Call it intuition, call it psychic knowing. I, I don't care what you call it. It all call comes it from Christ. that inner place. <laughs> call it the Christ. That's what I prefer to call it, my yes. inner wisdom of the Christ. Yes. You know, how many times are we told in church that Christ lives within you? <laughs> so how would how would Christ express himself if he lived within us? Well... Gee, through our feelings, through our thoughts. You think? You, think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But we're forbidden to go there. What do you think yeah. Christ meant when he said, you guys have the keys to the kingdom, but you neither use them yourself nor do you let other people use them. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. We must develop this interior relationship with God. He dwells within us. We know this. And so why do we not trust that voice? Right. Absolutely. Going back to that idea, your authority is the voice of God that dwells within your heart and within your mind. I've always seen it like this. Your authority rests in the fruit of your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Our ministry, as you often remind us, Bishop Lee, is our life. Now, does this not bring us back to seeing through the eyes of love? If we view these desires through the eyes of love itself, we are seeing it as God sees it. Absolutely. And in that is any correction that is necessary for those desires to be fully expressed in a fruitful and loving way. Absolutely, Thank Father you, Michael. That was beautiful. Do you want to take it from there, Father Michael? Down to okay. the desire leaks into the will of God. God is not limited. And so does not require his children to be limited. For if you would receive all that God would give you, you must decide to rise up, to be the grandest wave that could possibly be. For only in so doing, do you honor your creator? Bringing this idea once again back to do we really believe that Christ is in us, St. Paul reminds us it is the hope of glory, your glory, God's glory, every man's glory, if Christ be in you and living through you. You could say that God is like a wise gardener who is constantly trying to grow beautiful roses. She knows exactly how much manure to put in the soil. She knows how to make those nutrients rise from the soil through the roots, up through the heart of the stem of the flowers to give forth radiant color so that everyone that looks upon it is touched by the mystery of beauty 
Oh, again, the beauty of nature, the beauty of desire, the beauty of love. All these things have been prepared for us, and God called them good. And he prepared them for us, his sons and daughters, his children, for his crowning creation that was meant to show forth the glory of God. That is God's glory. Man fully alive and present to the glory of God. And God wonders, well, it's interesting. Those roses that I have created seem to have a mind of their own. (laughs) (laughs) As the elixir, I tried to give them rise through the stems. They tie themselves in little knots, and only a little bit of the elixir reaches out. So the petals never quite blossom fully. Hmm. Haven't that what we have been taught by the religious authorities, by our dead religious traditions? Haven't we tied a knot in that very channel of naturalness, of love? Absolutely. Haven't we caught that elixir off? Yes. Yes, we we have caught... And so that's what we're trying to do. That's what we are doing uh, through this study and through our daily practices uh, is getting back, untying the knots. That's what we're doing. We untie the knots by releasing those limited beliefs that, that, that we didn't even put there. They were put there for us, <laughs> and and not by God. Not by God. By those, by those people who actually usurped the authority of God from us. Yes. You see, and I know yes. our language, our our language does not adequately express the ideas that we're trying to put put forth. Language is an extreme uh, problem when trying to discuss uh, spiritual matters Uh, because two people can be saying the same thing and thinking they're arguing, but but they're really not. They're just saying things differently because Christ expresses through me as as I am. Christ expresses through you as you are. So when two people come together, and both of them are expressing the unity, the union with Christ. That is, each each of them, the, the words can come out differently because we understand things differently because of our backgrounds uh, and our thinking, mm-hmm. you see. But it's still the one Christ. I mean, God is infinite, so there is an infinite variety of us. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, Lee, that that thinking has been something that we have been given from outside that, of us. That's ourselves. what I was trying to say. Yes, yes, yes. It, it's imposed upon us from, from from you know people who had it imposed upon them, who had it imposed upon them, who had exactly. it imposed upon them, and and so they just pass it on, and they're not passing on the truth of Christ. They're passing on a, a version uh, of of what they've been told. Exactly. And, it, and so, you know, we must get back to that ultimate authority which rests within ourselves, which is God. We have to come to the realization that it is not I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And who is this Christ? This Christ is the Father in form. God in form is Christ. The anointing is God himself. Absolutely. And so that that is 
that can be our only authority. And it's not like it's our ego that's saying this. Because we, exactly. we, we, yeah, we end up realizing, wait, wait a minute, ultimately, ultimately there is no me. The, the only thing there is is Christ expressing as me. Right. That that's the ultimate solution. There is for no me, me. For me, the way that I view this, all this talk about 2012 and the great shift and a big change, and this is the change that I believe we're talking about. Mm-hmm. No longer having our beliefs based on something outside of ourselves but shifting into the absolute knowing to trust the Christ, the mind of God, the infinite intelligence within us to allow that to live us. Not to just live through us, but to actually live us. We are the hands, we are the heart, we are the voice, but it is not us that is speaking. It is the the love of God, and that's what the shift is all about. Yes. That's right. We realize we realize we come to the full realization that we are what we are is Christ in form. Mm-hmm. As me, as you. It may look differently because it expresses itself uniquely through us. We're all, we all have a unique gift. We are all unique creations. We're all unique uh manifestations of that one God. Exactly, and 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 so why would we look? God doesn't want us to be automatons. He wants to experience life through us, as us, with our unique point of view of what life is. That's exciting to God. Yeah. If, if you'll think about it, you, you know, here is this omnipotent, omniscient, uh, omnipresent being th- that is. is what he's seeking to do is is experience his creation because his creation is within him. You see? Exactly. So as he and turns his... in and Yes? I was simply going to interject there that you're right. God never recreates or creates anything the same. God's creation is infinite expression of himself even the scientists will tell you there is not one snowflake or one raindrop that drops from the air that is exactly identical in the light that's right so infinite God has to have an infinite variety of experiences so he creates an infinite variety of means by which and through which to experience that creation Exactly. And that is what we are. And then it goes on to say that desire is creation. Therefore, what you desire is of supreme importance. If you will take the little exercise that we have given you and begin to put it into practice upon awakening in the morning, in a very simple and quiet way, you will begin to get back in touch with the innocence and beauty of the movement of desire. You can delight in it. Yes. When you have a sexual thought, a sexual desire, why not just be with it? Why not notice what it causes to happen to the body? How does your breath change? Does the heart beat faster? Be honest with yourself. Is it not putting a smile on your face? What if you decided to honestly embrace the effect as being perfectly innocent and beautiful. How might your day change if you did not repress awareness of sexual desire? Now, notice that we're not saying that you should walk down the street and grab everybody who walks by you. (laughs) We're talking about (laughs) allowing yourself the living embrace of exactly what energy is moving through your being. You see, we want you to notice that energy moves through your being, whether it be the energy of sexual desire, whether it be the 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 energy of experiencing yourself as the grandest person in the world. Because you are. You are God in form. 
Hello. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's only our ego. Our ego keeps us from this. And, you know, for years and years and years and years, I could not say without this really cringe in myself that I am God. Mm-hmm. Am I the fullness of God? No, I'm not the fullness of God. But I am the expression of God, which contains the fullness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything that God is, I am in microcosm. It's absolutely and, true. And when we can come to say that without cringing within, then we can begin to discover who we truly are. Yes. And it, it, it's no, I mean, that's that's exactly what Christ said. If you see me, you've seen the Father. Mm-hmm. I of my own self can do nothing, but the Father within me does all things. What's mm-hmm. he saying? He's saying the man part of him is is can't do a thing. Mm-hmm. Don't pay attention to it. But what you should pay attention to is that it is God within me doing all these things. Absolutely. And the same is true for you because he also says you can do even greater things than these. Yes. Isn't it interesting that in the uh, book of uh, Genesis... Going back to the very beginning, God created everything, and he created everything for his crowning creation of man. And then he came down, and he said, it's all good, but now I want you to be fruitful and multiply. He was asking us to carry on his very same work of love. Absolutely. He was showing us who we truly were. Little hymns. Now you really? carry this on. Or hers. And then our little, our hers, our its. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, here's the the language. We do not have a word. No, we a, don't. For, 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 we don't have a word for God outside of mm-hmm. God. You know, when we, when we use he, uh, he's not a he, he's a spirit. See, we yeah. can't get away from the he. <laughs> Uh, and so when we try to relate to God, we don't we don't have a term that is all inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know that short like he, her, it. Uh-huh. You know because well, in some respects, God God is it. You know right. he, he unmanifest pure consciousness, pure awareness, yet a being at the same time. Uh-huh. You know that's that's a spiritual paradox. Well, it is well, a paradox, but it's it's a, it's a, it's where that's the all-inclusive aspect. As no two flowers or no two anything that has been created by this infinite cr- creator, this infinite mind, and yet it's all beautiful and it's all good, and it's yeah. all part of the mystery of that, you know, unlimitedness. It's it's right. an unlimitedness. And when we take religion and we narrow it down into worshiping a human being and making that human being a savior, yes, you know, uh, that's where I believe, for me, that things got, you know, really off course. Yes. By transferring that knowing of God, and, and Christ himself, you know, said, it is not I but the Father, and yet we choose to worship him as a savior. Mm-hmm. You know, our Jewish brethren have a very beautiful name for God, which they make reference to in public. It's Hashem. Mm -hmm. Hashem translates from the Hebrew, ultimate reality. He is the ultimate reality of all that is. Hashem, I love that. Yes. That's the trouble with languages. That's why the Aramaic, uh, understanding how the Aramaic uh, language functions as opposed to the uh, to the English language, where we have you know male and and uh, and masculine and feminine pronouns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we seem to, and when 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 things were written down. We tend to write the masculine form as something powerful, 
and the feminine form is something more subtle. And it, and just because it's subtle doesn't mean it's not as equally powerful. Exactly. So, um, Absolutely. So language can be a real stumbling block to say nothing of the translations that have occurred hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in 2,000 years before we got to the King James version of what we call the Bible today. Um, mm-hmm. And... Excuse me, pardon me, and and uh, forgetting to how to understand the simple language that's Christ well, spoke. The Aramaic language is a very simple language, and uh, one example that stands out in my mind is is you know the word Abba that we translated that got translated into meaning father. Mm-hmm. When in Aramaic, in a household where there was a man and a woman, a father and a mother and a family, the father was generally called Abba because he provided for the for the well-being of his family. Right. And in those cases where the man may have died, the mother was, it was not uncommon for the mother to be called Abba mm-hmm. because it wasn't about her gender. It was about the provider, the provider right. of the sustenance for the family. Right. Right. Words were not gender-specific. As, exactly. as they are today. It was a concept. Uh, right, right. Aramaic is a conceptual language. English is a very literal language. And, yes. and what, what happens when you take Yeshua, whose very name, okay, means the salvation of God. When mm-hmm. he was walking around on earth, no one ever knew him as Jesus. Never. That was not his nope. name. No. Nope. His name was Yeshua. Mm-hmm. So when he walked up to you, it'd be like walking up to you and go, Hi, I'm the salvation of God. Exactly. What is your name? Well, my name in English is the salvation of God. How do you do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it was that concept that he embodied, mm-hmm. you see, and 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 so then then what are we able to do when instead of saying uh well the salvation of God came down from heaven and we turn that name into Jesus and we solidify it into a literal a literal uh concept and a literal name as we understand names. Right. Exactly. We are just now and on Facebook I, I'm up uh posting uh, a lot of uh, different kinds of understanding. Mm-hmm. It is it's just now coming into uh, twenty for the twenty first century, and we're just now popularizing the idea that we are Christ, and it's mm-hmm. no longer uh, such a heretical concept as it was twenty or thirty years ago when we first started teaching it. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and part right. of that is it's because people know inherently that something isn't right with this picture, but they just can't figure out what it is. Yeah. Right, and they wouldn't ever allow themselves. It, it wouldn't allow themselves. They really allow themselves to think that, gee, maybe everything I've learned is wrong. <laughs> well, that's pretty scary for some folks. That's like pulling the rug out from under them. Maybe I've been lied to by these good people. <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't take the hint when right. Jesus was talking to the religious folks of his time, the leaders of of the Judaic religion, the ones who knew everything about the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And 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 he comes up to him and says, "You guys are full of it. Mm-hmm. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. You have the keys to the kingdom, but you don't use them. You don't let anybody else. You you don't even know you have them." And it's because, you know, just like today, people memorize the Bible, memorize the Bible, memorize the Bible, and don't have a clue as to what's in it. Sadly, sadly, sadly. Because they don't have that relationship. It's all about having a relationship within you, with your Creator. And if, if nothing else gets said on this show... I, I think that's probably one of the most important. If we're going to expand our awareness and our consciousness and grow in a deeper relationship with 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 our God, 
we have got to begin to, to allow that God to talk to us. Right. Absolutely. That is, that is, we must bring life, the living Christ, the right. living Christ that lives within us right. back into focus. Yeah. Here is, Absolutely. is God living or dead? I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, the big thing, oh, God is dead, God is dead, God is dead. And you know what? They were right. In the church, God was dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'd been replaced by a book. Right. And by the authority and, who could, and by a certain single uh, uh, group of people who were allowed to even have the proper interpretation of that book. Right. That's right. The magisterium of the church. Right. Yeah. And and so, and that's all anybody could believe. You violated that, and they shot your head off. You know how many? Literally. How many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, have been mm-hmm. killed yep. for daring for daring to believe something outside of the magisterium of the church, regardless of whether they were believing the truth or not? That's right. Yeah. The truth, but, did, not, and that, the truth did not matter. Right. And that goes what for the whole... That, Father Michael, what were you going to say? I said, and that goes for the whole world system in which we live in. Let us return to the source, the root, as Bishop Lee has been sharing, to that allowing God to define who we are. Look, we've even done this to one another. We've put one another into a box and say, you, this is what defines you. No wonder we have people searching for themselves, because their definition is taken from a world and an institution that defines them for them, and they're expected to follow it. No, that voice of freedom is once again calling us to return to that source, that most holy root which is within us. Let God define who Lindy is. Let God define who Michael is. Let God define who Lee is. Exactly. And let God define who he is. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> God is. And and yet I say unto you, I'm getting back to the text now, mm-hmm. the mystical transformation the mystical transformation that carries you from feeling yourself to be a disempowered little drop of foam on the edge of a wave to the sense of freedom and empowered living that flows from the mind of God through you to express only beautiful creations filled with majesty, power, and miracles is willingness. Oh, Amen. I just love that. Amen. The willingness to turn to the very energies that move through the mind and the body and to not fear them, but instead to look upon them with innocence and wonder. And how um, we've lost that. Oh, boy, have oh. we ever. Have we ever. Do you think we could uh, close the show here for the next uh, four or five minutes and 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 do uh, would either you or Father Michael would you lead us in uh, in a just a brief meditation of that concept of of um, becoming willing, having the willingness to allow God to live us and have that relationship. Absolutely, and I'll let Bishop Lee do it since I did it last week. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have something sort of of prepared, and it does do that. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So let's just close our eyes now, and let's just take a deep breath. In and out. In and out. 
And for a few seconds, just be with that breath, moving in and out, in and out. And just move gently into that place within, which is the home of divine consciousness. In a moment, be consciously aware of the light of spirit and feel the love of the presence in your heart's Rest for a moment in this silence, just feeling the love, the presence that you are. I move into a new reality now, my ideal life, where everything is perfect. I turn within and see and know, feel, I feel body of whole, radiant, and filled with one life spirit. I live the body ideal. I live and move and have my being in lavish abundance. And I see only from the highest vision the wholeness and completeness of my financial I live but I I see my ideal of perfect success and spirit of path I know that what I see I shall become I have the fullness of perfect achievement of total victory and triumph. I live the success ideal. My relationships are perfect, for I am loving and loved, and I see myself as heaven. I give to all the happiness that I am and have, which is overflowing and unending. I live the relationship ideal. Every other detail in my life is perfect. This is now my reality. And I watch as my world reflects this perfection. I live the life ideal. And so it is. Let me close with this prayer. Find me, dear Father. Touch me with your grace. Because I am you. I will decide to receive it. Amen. 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 We'd like to thank everybody for um, listening uh, to our show this afternoon. Uh, You're listening to The Way of Consciousness here on Blog Talk Radio. We thank you for your listening we thank you for your listening support and we invite you please to contact us let us know your feelings and your feedback at ofjcommunity@gmail.com again we wish you blessings we wish you peace Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on The Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you to live from the divine indwelling within you. This was a production of The Order of the Friends of Yeshua. The Order of the Friends of Yeshua community was created to offer support to those who continually seek to embody the Christ message of love, forgiveness, compassion, oneness, and peace. OFJ is not interested in creating yet another worldly structure, which could, by its very nature, set itself apart and seeks not to focus on the personhood of Yeshua, Jesus, 
but to share in the divine realization that he came to share with us, which is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God, and that the kingdom of heaven is within. OFJ Community is an all-inclusive fellowship of spiritual seekers. We offer dialogue and studies for deep inner spiritual development and seminary courses for ordained ministry. If you feel called to be part of OFJ Community or to receive our monthly newsletter, please send an email to OFJcommunity at gmail.com. That's OFJcommunity at gmail.com. We'll be happy to send you information about membership and the various programs we offer. In these times of great change, OFJ Community's mission is to offer spiritual support, friendship, and direction to all. You can find us on the World Wide Web at OFJcommunity.org OFJmediamonastery.info On YouTube at www.youtube.com slash user slash OFJTV To find us in the Apostolic Communion you may find us at apostoliccommunion.info On behalf of executive producer of this network Reverend Dr. Linda Marie Nelson who hosts various programs on this network along with the presiding bishop Lee Ellen Peterson Father Michael Sherbert and myself, Father Brian Rice. We're excited to have you a part of our lives and we will bring you uplifting programming always.